What is up? What is up? What is up? Man, appreciate y'all tapping into another episode of the Vance Barnes Pod. Man, you guys already know what it is. I am him. He is me, Glitch in the Matrix, your host, Vance Barnes, episode 22. Man, like I said, appreciate y'all tapping in. If you haven't, please, please, please go do so. Give the show, the podcast, a rating either on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Um, I think most of my listeners are on Spotify. So if you can, I know Spotify has it right there for you when you go into the show, into the podcast. You can give it a five-star rating or a rating on a one-to-five scale on the star scale. So if you haven't, please go do so to those that have already. I appreciate you guys tremendously. Um, we also got the new Instagram up and running at the Vans Barnes Pod. There to post more content, just get more, um, you know, just have a page directly for the podcast and the listeners, and to create more of a community for that. Man, so if you haven't gone done, haven't gone and done so, please go give that a follow. Man, appreciate all you guys tapping in. And as you guys like to know, I like to start the pod off with something that's not relevant to, you know, the topic of the day, whatever's been going on um, recently, right now, you know, in the sports world to give a little sports brief update. I know last week I talked about my T-Wolves. Again, you know, we want to know in the playoffs, up on the Grizz, want to know in a series. I think the next game is either tonight or tomorrow, but either way, I man, this is, this is big. Get another one away in Memphis and come back home for the game three and four. Man, this is huge. This is huge for like you and Minnesota sports fans. You already know what it is, man. The T have been so bad for so long. So to see them have some success is is great. But nah, man, the NBA playoffs, like this, these early rounds, especially like my favorite time of the year, because it's just sports. Like every day. Every day there's a basketball game going on. It's just like March Madness. Where you're like, you can always find a game. Um, so it's just you know, fun to watch, fun to stay tuned in. Um, another series that I've been watching closely is the Nets and the Celtics. Man, that boy, that boy Kyrie, something special, man. It's, you know, I that, that series is probably going to be over in six. I think Nets, I think once KD starts rolling like he should and him and Kyrie, you know, they lost by a, a buzzer beater layup and KD didn't play that great, you know. I think you can look at that two ways, but I'm looking at it as, man, if KD just plays, you know, somewhat up to his level, the Nets are going to easily win this series. I just don't think they can guard both of them. But, yeah, man, that, that series is is special. Um, You know, speaking of Kyrie, it's, it's crazy. Like, watching guys like him play the game of basketball is a thing of beauty. And we're not going to stay on sports for too long, but to get into the topic for the day, you know, you like watch certain professionals perform at the highest level, like where they have completely mastered their craft, man. It's a thing of beauty. It's, it's awesome to see um, someone do something that, you know, we all know is so challenging, but they make it look so effortless. And it truly makes you wonder like how many hours one would have to put in to get to that level. And then, you know, there's also the confidence thing like the confidence it takes to perform in front of millions, but just make it seem as if it's just another day at the office, just another regular workout, you know, that's just crazy to me. And on this podcast, we talked a little bit about the 10,000 hour rule. Well, you know, for those who aren't familiar with 
you know, the rule, the author, Mark, Malcolm Gladwell has a book called Outliers. And I don't, don't quote me. I, I think he might be the first person to come up with this theory. I'm not sure. Um, he was the first person I heard it from, but um, he basically has this book called Outliers where he studied and researched people who have gone to be the best of the best within their like specific craft. And he talks about what it took for them to get there. Thus the name, you know, outliers because they're outliers within their craft. So in the book, he references that to perfect a certain thing, it would ultimately take about 10,000 hours to do so. You know, putting this in perspective, I've mentioned it a few times in the pod talking about Tiger Woods, but, you know, we all know Tiger Woods and in a biography that I read, it said that he had already surpassed 10,000 hours of golf by the age of nine. So by watching his dad play golf, by putting when he was a kid to just playing any type of golf, watching any type of golf, he had surpassed 10,000 hours by the age of nine. And he's the best to ever do it. And it's not even close. And I think that, you know, in his prime, at least in his prime, he was the best to ever do it. It wasn't close. And I think that says a lot to like at age nine, he had already who some say would have perfected the craft. And then imagine the amount of hours he put in after that to get to a, a level where he was basically untouchable, you know, um, ever since knowing this, you know, I've thought a lot about it. I've thought about a lot about this, this rule. And you start to think about like, man, how many hours have I put into my craft altogether or everything surrounding it, you know? So I started to think about how you don't just hit the 10,000 hours and magically become some sort of guru at what you want to become. You don't just automatically become the best at your craft or uh, not the best, but you don't automatically become, you know, this phenom at your craft just when you hit 10,000 hours that over time you just continue to get better and better incrementally and that you don't even notice how novice you were at hour 362 in comparison to like hour 6,000. It's like when you have a dog and you get it when it's a puppy and all of a sudden like a year later you look up and you're like, man, when the hell did you get so big? It's because you see your dog every day. You can't really tell his growth. You know, you can't point to a precise moment when he got so big. You just know that he or she has gotten substantially bigger over this time. So you see these hours, they stack up and it's hard because you might not see a ton of progress. You may not know when things are going to start clicking for you. You know, going off my thoughts of the 10,000 hour rule, I know that as an athlete, there becomes a certain moment there's a certain time when things start to click for you and you just start to get it, you know, after a ton of reps and breaking down why certain things happen in this like thought process of things, it eventually just clicks. And it seems as if the game starts to slow down for you or you start to understand things that much better. You know, that can be the difference between our 4,999 and our 5,000. You know, I talked about before that water freezes over at 32 degrees, not 33 degrees Fahrenheit, but 32 degrees. But to get to that 32 degrees, it has to go from, you know, 50 degrees, then to 49, then to 48, et cetera, until it gets down to 32 degrees Fahrenheit. And to us, you know, 
can we tell the difference between 33 degrees outside and 32 degrees? Like you walk outside and you just like, yeah, I can tell it's, I can tell it's 32. No, you, you can't, you don't, you don't know the difference between 33 and 32 degrees. It's just, there's absolutely no way you would know, but just like we wouldn't know difference between one degree, we might not know the difference between our 4,999 hour 5,000, but it's going to show just like when it starts snowing and the water freezes, like it'll, it'll show that it's below freezing. The progress is in the pudding. Like it'll, it will show. I was listening to this guy on Instagram the other day, talk about how this kid came up to him and he's a salesperson and you know, he's a big sales guy and he talks about his experiences on Instagram just to give you guys some context on that. But I was listening to this guy and the kid asked him, he was like, why, like, why am I not succeeding in sales? You know? And the guy asked him, well, like, you know, how many, how many calls are you taking a day? And the kid says, oh, I'm taking about two. <laughs> and the guy just like looked at him and he knew the problem right there. He wasn't getting enough reps in. He wasn't putting in enough hours, you know? So the guy was like, I, you know, I had this 18 year old kid come and work for me. And, and instead of putting in two calls a day, he was making 200 phone calls a day. Now think about that. The guy, the kid said previously, like he might've been taking two calls in a 24 hour time in a day In 24 hours, he was taking two calls. Imagine how like little it would take for you to just call two people right now, try and sell them something. It would, you know, take you maybe 30 minutes, maybe not even. Because the conversation can be cut short just like that. So this guy said, instead of putting in two calls a day, he had the kid put in 200 calls a day. And he made, and he said that that year, that kid made $200,000 a year. $200,000 that year. And he talks about how when you put in 100 times more the effort, you get 100 times more the results. And it's a simple concept, you know. It That kid was, he just wasn't putting in the hours he got into a system, into a, into an environment where he was forced to put in those reps, getting those hours, getting that practice. He got so much better at what he was doing, and he blew up. But you think about like 200 phone calls, that's a lot. But if that's what it takes to become the best salesman at whatever you do, that's what it takes. And then obviously, you know, who says he's the best, who says whatever. But there was, like I said, the progress, it shows. It's going to show when it starts snowing. He made, he went from probably making, I don't know how much a year to $200,000 that year, just basically off of, you know, putting in a hundred more times the effort, pushing himself past the limit of what he thought. He thought two phone calls a day was enough. No, like you, no, bro, you can do 200. You know, I was listening to Mike Tyson talk on the Joe Rogan podcast lately or recently. And he talked about how when he would go like seven rounds in the boxing gym on practice and he'd be like, all right, yeah, I think I'm done, coach. And the coach would be like, no, nah, you're being lazy. You don't, that's a mental thing. He was like, you don't only, you go, not only do you have one or two more rounds left in you, you got like 12 more in you. <laughs> Imagine like you doing, let's say you running three miles. Imagine you run three miles, you come back, you're like, oh, I'm good. And, it's, and like somebody says, man, you're not even getting started. You, you quit at three, you stopped at three, you got a good workout in at three, but in reality, you can do like eight more if you really wanted to. Imagine about being so tired after three miles and you're like, you feel so accomplished and somebody's like, no, you can do you can do eight more if you really wanted to. That's like the equivalent of his coach being like, no, you got like 12 more rounds left in you. 
And, you know, I think of that and it's like, that's what it took to become the greatest. Somebody there to push him to be like, no, you got to get these hours and you got to get these reps in because they're going to pay off. You know, some people, they go to the gym two times a week here, maybe three times a week next week. And then maybe, uh, you know, they take a week off next week and, you know, they wonder why they aren't seeing that much progress. It's because not only are you doing the bare minimum, you aren't doing it consistently. You know, I promise if you do it four days a week for five weeks, and I promise you're going to see some results. That's just how it works. It's a simple concept of putting in that time. You know, I used to have a coach and he used to use this analogy. It used to be chop wood, carry water. And recently I was watching, and I watched a video of this guy, he was speaking to some high school kids and he used this analogy. And I thought, man, I thought, man, is, is it, this is perfect. You know, it's one of those things where you've heard it or you've seen it a million times. Like I heard this coach say it probably a hundred times, but maybe it's maturity. Maybe it's just a different time in, in your life that it just hits different this time that you hear it. Well, this time it hit different because I got to thinking, I'm like, man, back in those days of the nomads and the people who like had to go, the hunter gatherers of the world, you know, they didn't know when things were going to get better. They didn't know how like they were going to survive each and every day. They didn't know <clears throat> how they were going to get out of a current situation they were in if things looked bleak. All they knew was that each and every day they had to take care of their family. But for them to do that, they got to chop this wood, they got to carry this water, and they got to repeat it every single day. And that's where the phrase, you know, you chop wood and you carry water. And he was talking to these high school kids and he just talks about, you know, you don't know when the breakthrough is going to come. You don't know when this is going to happen. The only thing you can do each and every day is you can chop wood, you can carry water, and you just do that every single day. That's the only thing you can do. You know, it's it's hard not knowing when, you know, that breakthrough is going to come. It's hard not to be able to see the light at the end of the tunnel. It's tough to keep pushing and keep putting in the work when it seems like you're you're not getting anywhere. You know, I have thought so many times in my life, it's like, man, it seems like I'm taking one step forward and two steps backwards so many times. Like when you get a small win, it seems like you get two more losses after that. And it's like, man, when is this going to end? But in reality, in my thought process, I thought it felt, and this is what we talk about all the time, that your feelings aren't your reality. And I, it felt as if I was taking one step forward and two steps back. That's what it felt like. But in reality, what I felt as if those two steps backwards were, they were actually a, another step forward. Because sometimes you got to take a step back to go forward. You know what I mean? Like sometimes that's just how life works, but it feels like we're moving, we're, we're failing. It feels, it feels like we're taking two steps back, but in reality, we just took a step forward. We just got better. We just didn't know it. But each and every day you have to get up and you have to put the work in, you know, and you don't try and think past today. I, I, I want to say like, don't try and think past today or tomorrow. You know, what, what is it that I have to do today to get to where I want to get to? You know, you had this thought process of, okay, what do I got to do today? You do it and you do it better than anybody else. And then you keep doing it. And then one day you look up, you see the progress and guess what you got to do. You got to continue to put your head down and get right back to work. You know, you think, 
like marathon runners. Marathon runners don't think about the 26th mile right when the gun goes off. No, they just keep putting one foot in front of the next and they just keep thinking about that. And all of a sudden they get to mile one and then mile two. And all of a sudden they're on mile, they're like, they're halfway there. And then they look up and they can see the finish line. And when they see the finish line, they cross it. You know, dreaming big, having, you know, these goals and these visions is it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. And it's so hard to think of it that way because in the society where we are, and if you're like me, you're like, man, we don't have that much time on this earth. You, you want everything to come right now. <laughs> but in reality, that at this thing is it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. And if it were a sprint, everyone be everyone would be able to do it. So each day you just wake up and you just put the work in and you put one foot in front of the other and you do it better than anybody else. You chop wood, you carry water better than anybody else. Because sometimes it's it's hard. It's it's extremely hard not being able to see that finish line. You know, not being able to see that finish line. I heard somebody say one time that sometimes you can't see the finish line. It's because it's around the corner. You're going in a straight path. And I know that not being able to see the light at the end of the tunnel, not be able to see your, sometimes you can't see your vision. Sometimes you can't taste it. You can't smell it. You can't touch it. You don't know it. You know, you know what you want, but you, it's, it's like, it seems as if you look around and it's nowhere in sight and it's, you seems like it's never going to happen. And I know that I know personally from experience what that can do to one's mental, you know, but Sometimes you just can't even try to, you don't even want to look for the finish line. You know, you just got to go because when you try and look up and you see how far it is away from you, then you'll get extremely discouraged. And that's why I say those marathon runners, they don't think about mile 26, right? Right. When the gun goes off, they think about their pace. They think about what they got to do for mile one in order to set themselves up for the finish at mile 26. You know, you talk about getting discouraged from a personal uh, standpoint. You know, I talked, I have mentioned this on the pod before. Um, it's something that I'm super adamant about because the year 2020 affected us, everybody so much with the pandemic and the quarantine. And it was crazy because I had already lost, you know, one senior season of college football to a, like a dumb NCAA rule. I'd already lost one. And then they look up and then March of 2020, COVID hits and I'm like, oh, there's no way. Like I felt bad for all the seniors that I expected that, that spring, all the athletes. But I look up in March and it's so crazy that I still remember this two years ago. I was like, yeah, I mean, this will be done. I was like everybody else. I was like, this is gonna be done in no time. There's no way it's gonna affect August and go into August 2020, you know, five months from now and be affecting the football season and boy was I wrong I was totally wrong I ended up losing a second senior season in a row and I just remember during that time as it got into June and July and I'm just like man I cannot see the end and this might be the the reality that we won't play a football season I just remember like I was so optimistic and so like I can't think about that that I didn't even I remember I didn't even think about the season the season ending until it ended. And I remember even when it ended, I started thinking about everything that we could do to try and get it back. 
And that was just, I think that was just my mental barrier, putting that up and being like, I can't think about that because if I, if I think that there might not be a season, I won't work as hard. I'll be so discouraged that I can't see the finish line that like, you know, I mean, it's, it'll be hard to put one foot in front of the other. And so I didn't, I just, I didn't even, I just put my head down. I went to work and all of a sudden I looked up and I was like, like I said, I had lost two seasons, like two seasons had went by and I hadn't played in two and a half years. And all of a sudden I look up and I'm like, man, time went by fast. Cause all of a sudden it's August, 2021. You're getting ready to play your first game of your senior season. And you haven't played in two and a half years. And you're like, man, look at this. And that's what I mean by sometimes you can't, you can't look at the finish line. You just got to put one foot in front of the other, man. Appreciate y'all tapping into another episode of the Vance Barnes pod. Like I said, we got the, you know, look out for the new content coming on Instagram. You know, if you guys please do, if you listen, please go and rate the podcast. We got some big things coming, man. Like I said, last on the last pod, this is, I just want to create a community where, you know, it's for the dreamers, the shakers, the movers. We can just continue to grow, continue to go through this journey together, man. I appreciate all you guys, man. Till next time. Peace.